Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. This is episode 702. We've got a great panel. I've rustled up some great stories. I'm back for my European odyssey my journey that never seemed to end in various European airports, spending groundhog days just trying to get onto a plane. Got a great guest, a great supporter of the show. He's a major sponsor. We've got Craig. Craig, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the tribe? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Craig Hewitt. I'm the founder of Castos. We're a podcast hosting platform. Also own and manage the Seriously Simple Podcasting uh, kind of suite of plugins. And uh, yeah, been a podcaster for a long time. It's great to be back on the show. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Craig. Got my friend Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure. I'm Sally Getch, the WP fangirl wearing the cloak of invisibility today. There we go. It's very useful. I got my friend Andrew Palmer, the Andrew, my Thursday host. He has returned Bit of a trooper because he's not 100% still recovering from Porto WordCamp. <laughs> Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself to yeah, the tribe? I caught, I caught COVID as well as caught up with a load of my friends and made some new friends at uh, WCU. I'm good. Yeah, that's it. I'm sort of not 100%, but it is 31 degrees centigrade in this country currently, and I'm hot. It's, it's hardly ever movie. heard of actual heat and sunshine oh, in England. What's going on? Yes. I've got Spence with us. That's 87.8 like? degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot, man. <laughs> just in case the American took, audience. Took, took you that long to figure that out? You, I just have to say, like, I grew up, I'm still in Chicago. And when you speak to people from Great Britain, like anything over 75 is like 120 here. Because, like, you're not equipped for that kind of temperature. No, so, not. Yeah. Please, if, if they go a week without rain in the like summer, tw- they declare a hosepipe ban. Right? It's like <laughs> Northern California and Southern California, but 26 Celsius is your limit. Uh, yeah. This is Spence from, I can't remember where I'm at today, WPLaunchify.com, I'd say. Yes, that's right. It's hard to tell where you are, isn't it? Um, before we go into the great stories that we're going to be discussing, we've got an important point of the show. We've got some great messages from my major sponsors. We'll be back in a second, folk. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I'd like to point out we've got some great special offers from our sponsors, plus recommendations around WordPress, plugins and services 
I've tried them all. I recommend them. Want to find all these goodies? Go over to WP Tonic slash recommendations. So let's go. <coughs> Got a frog in my throat. Uh, um, <coughs> let's go straight into it, panel. Gutenberg Editor now in testing on Tumblr. Day one web apps. Well, this is linked to WordPress, um, WordCamp Europe, and the great leader, uh, Matt Marowek, saying that he saw Gutenberg as being bigger than WordPress. Andrew, what did you think of that statement from the great leader? Well, it's it's not the first time he's said it. Frankly, no. is it? He he keeps on repeating himself. So that's what uh, we that's how salespeople work. They work in parrot fashion. So you know you'll know if you've ever been sold to. It's it's repeat, say again, repeat, confirm. And so he's basically just confirming his desire that uh, React and um, and the block block themes and all this kind of stuff, uh, the block editor will appear everywhere so uh you know that's one way that matt mullenweg will conquer the world rather than just wordpress being 80 percent of the web it will be i did it with the block editor everybody but um he also confirms that in my you know i'm going to say what my recommendation is anyway it's his interview he was interviewed by nathan um wrigley uh, via the wp tavern jukebox and the last 15 minutes of that podcast is a must listen <laughs> It's incredible. It just shows that he is totally looking towards the future and uh, is very enthusiastic about it, about AI, about the block editor and about where uh, the web's going to go. So, yeah, I, I think he's right. You know, if he wants it to to be everywhere, then if anyone can make it happen, he can. There you go. So what do you reckon, Craig? I totally agree with Andrew, <clears throat> but for some reason... But I suppose being there and seeing him reply to a question, it kind of was right in your face that he really sees Gutenberg as something bigger than WordPress. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like, like Andrew mentioned, this is how it's been since like the, the big, not the beginning, but since maybe the, the block editor was launched is it is its own, you know, kind of package and repo and you can embed it in your own tool and use the, the block editor outside of WordPress and to see it going to things like Tumblr makes all the sense in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, to me, like to the stretch to like AI is, is like, I, I'll have to listen to the episode cause I don't, I don't draw that line um, kind of intuitively, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Like if you're a content tool to have the actual place that people write in the content be extensible into other things, because that's what makes any tool so powerful, right? You think of it like WordPress as itself is not super powerful, but it's the themes and plugins that you can extend it with. And if you take that one a little further to be like the actual editor where you're writing the content and making that available in other tools, then I think like the contributions to it in an open source kind of uh, platform, just like make it, make it a lot, give it a lot more, more potential, I would say. Yes, Spence, I interviewed Brian Calls um, last week, and he, he he was saying that when he goes into a Word or a Google Doc, he actually automatically kind of thinks that it should work like Gutenberg. Uh, um, I thought that was quite a salient stuff. Shows where mind. he spends most of his time. Yeah, you know, in WordPress. Uh, um <clears throat> So it's not too far fixed, um, I think. Or what do you reckon, Spence? 
Yeah, I know. Uh, I enjoyed the interview with Brian, and Brian and I get along really well now because publishing over at Master WP, it's like uh, I'm going to say something that's actually quite supportive of this concept. Although I do agree with Craig that I don't see it stretching into AI because of another reason is that like the secret to success, if we look at history, like the gold rush, okay. The people who went out and found gold and then set up towns and did various things, they they did fine. But the real people who made the money, the ones who made the tools that they sold to people. And so in the early days of the web, before WordPress became a hot thing, I was in that sort of freemium SaaS space. And everybody thought that open auth and all of the cross-platform publishing capability was going to be the savior. But the truth is quite different because if you look at the railroads like Carnegie and, and the oils industry like Rockefeller, the ones who built the infrastructure that got there first and that everybody started to rely upon, <coughs> Google, <coughs> are the ones that win. So there's a lot of business logic in improving Gutenberg and the block editor and then getting it in as many places as possible. And I'm going to tie this together with my other like point, which is something I published on the, w, uh, the Master WP, but also is like everybody talking about. Ignore the full site editor for a minute. It's a distraction. And just focus on Gutenberg, and there's a ton to love, right? Like, I drank Sally's Kool-Aid a long time ago by now, and I'm fully into it. Elementor and Divi are, you know, distant memories to me now. So if we can continue to work as a team through WordPress to get that Gutenberg super slick and awesome, and this version 6 was a big improvement with some of the, you know, sidebar capabilities, then I see great potential. Do, do I see it? You know, showing up in my VR headsets that are, you know, coming from Google, Apple, whomever, not likely. And I don't also see it showing up in my new electric car from Toyota, Porsche, or anybody. Because years ago, we talked about, I see the entire metaphor of the way we do stuff on the screens changing. Like, a couple months ago, I talked to you about that guy that was so turned on how he could do his voice editing, combine it with, like, generating whatever. I see us all moving to a metaphor where we're just talking to our computers and shit's getting done more than typing and dragging stuff around the screen. And likewise, consuming it, if you go for a walk, I like that I can hear it in my headset and interact with it versus like, you know, I have to walk like a zombie. So I think that's the thing. There will always be an interface that you look at and type on, but that a large consumption will happen elsewhere. So I don't think it's going to go into virtual reality, but it definitely will happen I think there's a great success potential in. Yeah, but before I also right? like I, kind of just to piggyback on, on that, like I I don't see a use case for using the Gutenberg editor outside of WordPress. As someone who like we have a SaaS application and like we wouldn't put Gutenberg editor to like build our podcast websites or something like that. Like, and I don't see other tools used like Notion or you mentioned Google Docs. Like I. I just don't see another tool using the Gutenberg editor as their native content building. Well, foundation. Craig, I think you upset Andrew so much. I think so. Craig, well, I think I, I want to give Craig an example to think and maybe how you react. Cause I agree with what you're saying about imposing everybody wants their own walled garden, but I think of tiny MCE. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, tiny MCE became an intermediary tool because if you're not big enough to build it yourself, but you're also small enough, like, what am I going to do? There's somewhere in between that, like, that is a replacement for, right? So, right. I mean, Notion has analogy. its own blocks, and so do a lot of other tools, and they're they're unlikely to replace those with 
Gutenberg. But um, uh, places that don't have a block editor yet could get a, a you know a bit of a start on on something uh, by using this. I mean, I personally find it kind of amusing that they were working on Gutenberg for Drupal before Gutenberg for Tumblr. Um, so. <clears throat> But yes, I mean, we'll we'll see. It is, you know, some of the rhetoric about, uh, you know, Gutenberg eating the world it is sort of like all the rhetoric about, you know, Jetpack is the reason for um, the spread of, of WordPress. Uh, it, you know, this is true in some dimension of Matt Mullenweg's uh, mind uh, that may or may not have any relationship to reality. Yes, yes, let's hope Andrew rejoins. I think he got so upset by Craig's <laughs> statements that he just had to go. Um, let's go on to story two. It's from a friend of the show, or, a or former Andrew. reg. He was Sorry. overwhelmed by the heat, that's all. Exactly, or the COVID, or combination of both. Uh, um, he, hopefully he will return. So let's go on to story two from a friend of the show, a former regular panellist. Try to get him back, but he's so busy. But hopefully he will return one day. And that's from the Viking, Morton. Um, Do our ALs dream of freedom? So, Sally, this is a response from the Google engineers, or some of them <clears> saying <throat> that their bolt has become conscious. It's a living bin. Uh, it sees, it feels, it knows. Um so I think Walton got a bit upset by that statement. It's like typical Walton. It's all nonsense. What do you reckon about? <laughs> what do you I'm reckon very... about the Google Google engineers and what Walton had to say about it, Sally? Well, of course, there's a long uh, history of uh, uh, both fiction and philosophy about like what the heck is consciousness when it's at home, anyway. Um, and the old idea of the Turing test and and so on. And, uh, you know, I think uh, based on what Morton says, you know, it's less worrying that members of the public might have thought this AI was sentient depending on, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, their interactions with it and, and its responses to questions because, First, most people don't have very much understanding of the limits of, of AI. And second, a lot of us tend to animize everything around us anyway. You know, I mean, I give all my computers names and, and sometimes attribute personalities to them. Um, and well, I know... The, I thought the cats on you had that. Um, oh, the cats have their own personalities. I, I, I mean, I, I may attribute thoughts to them that probably don't have a lot of real, you know, connection to what they really think or how they think, uh, but they have their own personalities. They, they are, you know, animate beings. Um, you know, it's, it's less worrying that the average member of Joe public, especially somebody old enough to have lived through seeing things that were science fiction when we were children, turn it into reality. Like, holding up a, 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 you know, a palm-sized device and talking on it um, uh, uh, and uh, plenty, of, plenty of other things. Although, you know, uh, no flying cars. I personally do not want flying cars. We're bad enough 
with driving cars on, on a flat drive, Just driving Nevada roads, you see that regularly. Anyway. Amazon delivering via drones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, actually right. happening right now, right? Yeah. So, Craig, um, Love Morton, he's a friend, and I can ring him up. Um, he'll speak to me. You know, you tell me that I'm an idiot regularly, which is probably right. Um, but I've got to have a little dig at old Morton. He wants it both ways. You know, I... I'm a mystic. I believe, you know, I'm not going to go on, but I believe in the supernatural, you know. Uh, um, he's a rationist, you know, but he wants it both. He, gets, he seemed to get a bit pervy about the idea. If you're not in, if you're not a mystic, you just believe it's just, um, you can't have it both ways. I, I think he wanted it both ways. I think it's quite plausible that, the, the Google engineers, by accident, have got some form of consciousness going out there. I think it's probably is going to happen accidentally. What, what do you reckon, Craig? Yeah, I think your your comment about it happening accidentally is probably spot on, and like we won't know it at, right at first. Uh, is is how I would guess it will happen. Like if it's smart, it would know that it shouldn't let us know that it's sentient and, and conscious. Um, so like, I think that's part of the, you know, if you're the, the Skynet kind of like, uh, you know, worry or like you worry that it will be so smart that we won't know that it's kind of too late. Um, and, and I think that, a, a you know, a machine like that being so smart that it can like build airplanes to take over the world and stuff, is probably not going to happen, right? It's going to be, uh, just a smarter computer at first. And, and that I think that it probably will actually be a, a pretty... Um, non-threatening situation, right? Like, I, I, I'm sure it will happen in in my lifetime. I'm 42. Uh, I'm sure it will happen in in the next few years. And um, there's probably like degrees to this, right? It's not just an absolute kind of binary uh, thing, but but that things will have some degree of kind of consciousness and thinking for themselves, and past the point where we uh, are kind of guiding computers to to think. Um, I think the challenge will be us knowing it. Um, which which kind of is what Mort is talking about. Yeah, so Spence, um, you got I had a bit of an exchange with Morton on you know, and he got a bit sniffy with me, which he normally does. You idiot, idiot. Um, so the fit is if it passed the Turing test, does it really matter? Because yeah, you know, he got a bit sniffy in this article that it's just a you know, it's a bolt, it's not AI. You know, I had a chat with Heather's husband, who's a is way beyond my pay scale. You know, he is an AI expert. Um, um, my understanding, we don't even understand the mathematics behind AI. We don't even really know why it works. Um, that's what he was telling me. Um, so it's all a bit of a mystery. So why do you think Morton got so sniffy about the Google engineers thinking that they've got the real McCoy Spence. I'm not sure what happened with the other conversation you're referring to, but like with Morton, I, I believe his point is, is that I, the term or the uh, parable is like crap in crap out. Right. So the danger is that the AI engine is now taking input by essentially data coming from the internet that could be, 
loaded with human biases and racism and mistruth. Never, never, we have never. talked about stories where, you know, if, if you train a bot on the behavior of human beings, it just becomes like more and more uh, horrible in its personality. Um, like, like um, I, again, I won't be political, but like imagine you took the worst politician in recent history and you use that as the data source for programming the bot. So they say the, many, so many of them. They will control <laughs> the future of humanity. That would not be a movie I want to be an actor in. And so I think his point is it doesn't matter whether the machine is really thinking. It only matters that the machine is going to be independently responsible for a lot of things that heretofore only humans did and there was always the safety net of at least some chance of convincing a human they were wrong or getting them fired or whatever but like skynet as as soon as this program with crap ai kicks in and it gets control over things like you know the, the human switch or whatever that it's going to just make all these decisions for itself based upon logic that stems from bad data about what is really a human way of thinking of things and it's really unfortunate because it's like he says that we don't really, and you said the uh, Heather's husband, we don't really understand the amplification effect when you put A and B together in an AI. Um, sometimes for fun, I'll watch these channels where there's this guy who does science experiments for regular people. And he'll take like two innocuous chemicals, things that you can put in your eye safely by themselves. And he'll put them in a test tube and then he'll drop like a, piece of titanium in it and it it like turns to like dust and then explodes the whole studio and you realize like we have no clue what we're doing here with ai and immediately upon it existing and turn loose it's going to just spread into all places we never expected so i think that's where many people are concerned yeah, but that's kind of interesting. Yes, well, I mean, this engineer was trying to hire a lawyer to declare personhood and uh, autonomy for for this uh, bot. And I think if the if the engineer was convinced about that, that's much more worrying than if people who know nothing at all about the science. And, and you wonder: is this person just doing it to like wind the rest of us up? Uh, or or prove a point about certain ridiculousnesses of of, of you know uh, what constitutes a person. I, I, I mean, you know, if, if we have personhood for corporations, then why not for chatbots? Um, yeah, I'm going to do some blatant name dropping now, panel, to make myself look <laughs> Englishly intelligent. Um, so be prepared. So, um, and um, Andrew hopefully returned. He's router. He had router problems, you know, AI problems. Um, to get back to it, I think the problem with Moulton and people like Moulton is I, I, I'm a, I was a study of um, Craig, um, Gregory Bateson and cybernetics and also um, Ludwig Wittgenstein, you know, what are the fundamentals of language? And then you mix it up with Gregory Bison and his ideas around cybernetics. Am I am I dropping enough names, panel, to make myself look reasonably intelligent? Well, I'm still lacking. Um, so, um, <laughs> so throw in a few more. Just yeah, I'm tempted to throw a few more in, names. Um, 
But uh, basically, Wait, did you have lunch this week with Stephen Hawking, like last week? No, I, was tempt- <laughs> I was tempting. But the point I'm trying to make is this idea: we have this platonic attitude that what goes in is just in our mind, and we're and we're kind of separate vessels, and then through language, where there's this whole idea that that what we consider ourselves is partly in ourselves, but also a construct of the communication between various things. And what we sense of ourselves is not totally a concept of what goes in, what we feel between our eyes. Um, there's, a, there's a whole science around that. And um, I don't understand why our beloved um, Morton really said, well, you know, it can't be it just it's just a bolt. It cannot have any conception of it being real consciousness. I, I find that hilarious myself. I'm having a real go at him to provoke him to come back on the show, really. That's my sneaky thing. I, I think that's enough of me rabbiting on the panel. Just weren't taking it, were they? I can see this blank look on their faces. Oh, I thought it was quite good panel, but there we go. Uh, um, uh, we're going to go for our break. We'll be back. We've got some extra great stories. See you in a few moments. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. Hey, Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. Coming back, I've lost one of the panel already. You know, that I blame that on Craig, though. He got that was down to him. Uh, I've got to blame somebody, Craig. Uh, um, before we go on to the other great stories, um, I want to say I do a great newsletter, I write the editorial myself. Anything that comes into my mind, I just put it on. But it's normally based on the panel show. I probably have a pop at Malton at that as well. Got to provoke him back on the show, haven't I, somehow? But there we go. To get that, all you have to do is go to WPTonic slash newsletter, sign up for it, and it'll be in your inbox every Monday. What more could you ask for? So let's go on. Alameda laying off dozens of employees. So, Craig. Is it is it getting a bit nervous in Castos? You know, are you know are some of the staff thinking there for the chop? Are you gonna yeah. are you gonna rid the axe and chop chop twenty percent off your team? It seems to be the in thing now. You know, don't act like sheep if you run a, a SaaS business. You know, everybody's chopping twenty percent now, aren't they? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that like uh, if you if you look just, I mean, it, the the broader market that affects things like venture capital, which affects valuations, uh, and some companies that aren't entirely bootstrapped, uh, their ability to raise more money, but also like you know their customers' ability and willingness to pay for for their products and services. Like I, I think that there's a very real change that we've seen in the last couple months, um, and it probably is affecting everybody, right? I like I haven't talked to anybody who says, yep, it's business as usual. We're growing just as fast as we were six months ago. And so yeah, I don't think that Element are laying off folks or you see other companies, you know, having layoffs is is wrong because I, I can imagine it's it's just a it's a change in relation to the reality of their business these days. Um Yeah, but the thing that gets me, Craig, if you can knock off twenty percent of your staff just like that, maybe you are hiring the wrong people at the beginning. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean I think that <laughs> You know, the off, fact right? th- they are laying off 20% of their staff that they think they can do without. They may or may not be, uh, you know, correct about that, because then <laughs> what usually happens is they expect the remaining people to take over. Now, part of what's interesting about this story is that last week we were just talking about um, Elementor acquiring Stratic. Mm. And there is usually a period after an acquisition or a merger where some of the staff are let go because they're kind of redundant. You don't necessarily need, you know, two complete marketing staffs or or whatever. Uh, and some people end up, you know, leaving because they they are not that happy with the new management. But th- that this was like so abrupt. It was kind of like, all right, wait, if you were in, you know, enough, facing enough financial issues um, to, uh, uh, you know, decide you're going to, uh, 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 you know, have layoffs, why are you also making acquisitions? Or is, you know, is there some hope that adding the stratic features, um <laughs> you know, whatever whatever plan there is for that will help them grow. Yeah, I've got to say, um, if you're watching this and you, you should go over and subscribe to the WP Tonic YouTube channel and you can see um, some of the people that are watching this. Craig, Craig, who's a regular, I love this, having a little dig at EL. Uh, um, don't, no, don't worry, Craig, if he says anything nasty about Castos being... You sponsor me. I'm certainly not putting that out. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, but he's having a little dig about their updates. Well, that just goes with everything, doesn't it, Craig? It's WordPress, for God's sake. You know, stop being so snarty, Craig, for God's <laughs> sake. Uh, um, so, Spence, it does, you know, it just seems, you know, you've, you've taken the VC money. It seems that you're now expected, you know, they're like, sh- Sheep, aren't they? They're just cutting twenty percent. You know, it's, it'll put you in good stead, won't you? What do you reckon? I mean, one can look at this a couple of different ways. First of all, I think it would be naive for anyone to think that a venture-funded corporation in today's world really gives a hoot about people. I mean, I'm not saying that individually the CEOs don't care about human beings, but like they're 
loyalty is to the, the they're, money. They're, yeah. they're AI bolts now. There are no real see it, apart from Craig. Uh, I think Craig's you know, virtual as well. Like, like we re- rearranging the silverware on the table is a good metaphor for, okay, you took you take the money to run the restaurant and you move the silverware around to get the most money from every diner. That's the thing that matters to the CEO and the management team. And so what it sounds like, although we don't have enough data, they took 50 million bucks. They launched their cloud thing. They're trying to figure out in a economy that's vulnerable to lots of ups and down behavior at the moment. Do these extra 400 people add to the, you know, average order profit, you know, from our customers? And I would say the answer is probably no. Now, in a larger scheme of things, it might be nice if they were in a position to say, wow, let's keep everybody around and support their families and everything else. But like, like that's where the naivete comes in because like that's what somebody does that's an unusual CEO of an unusual company that has an unusual amount of capability to do it. I am not believing for one second that that's going to happen anytime soon because look at things like Amazon. Like Amazon is printing money faster than Bezos or anyone can spend it, and yet they still have people trying to unionize so that people could take a, a piss break. I mean, that's the world we live in. And we're on TV watching things that make Watergate look like a backyard party in comparison, like a hundred thousand fold corruption and corporate greed and misfeasance and malfeasance. Oh, this, uh, we're, we're, in that state, we're in that state yeah, of this, human... this may be a bit more positive. All right, Spence, uh, you're um, the lawyer. What's no, the difference I'm, I'm between not, mix, being, misfeasance you're, you're, and, law, and you're not, malfeasance? You're, you're attributing my, my conclusion differently than I mean it. I'm simply saying we on the other side of the table are in a world where if you have skills, you can right now go on literally LinkedIn and get yourself three or four or five remote jobs all at once because the corporations are desperate for people to hire. I mean, there's literally a couple of guys on YouTube I saw today that have these, you know, remote jobs and they're stacking them up like wood chips. So the issue is, I don't think anybody can assume that it's easy or it's normal anymore. If you go to work for a corporation, do it at arm's length, assume you could be fired at any moment, and treat them the same way they treat you. I mean, Craig, like, Craig's much more compassionate. At least give you a week's notice. Why, why, uh, do, you um, you know, a, why do you want to turn it into a question the Pearl story? You know. uh, hold, on. Um, hold on. I'm calling out the host on this. Why do you need to turn this into a clutching your pearls kind of story that suddenly corporations are so amazing and, and human oriented? Because I've taken they're enough money from them because I'm a hypocrite. So there you know, we go. Come on. There we go. I'm just having to go at you. You know, it's entertainment. We're in the entertainment business in this show. It's quite easy. And one thing that was pointed out to me is that I have a tendency to overthink things, Craig. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, um, and it was pointed, I had a great interview yesterday with um, a hosting CEO. And I asked him, I said, you know, why are all these companies hosting companies buying all these plugins, Craig, because I'm, I'm not... And he said, it's obvious, Jonathan, it costs us 40-plus dollars if you're using Google adverts or paid advertisement to bag a hosting client now. It's going up. It's just cheaper to buy these bloody plugins, get the email list and market to them from the end of days. It's just cheap. And that's all. I was trying to find some deep, strategy there is no strategy you just you just 
buying access to possible clients. It's you can overthink things, can't you, Craig? Can't you? you yeah, doing? I mean, I'm, we're we're not a we're not a website hosting company, but but I think there's also the argument to be made, which Greg mentioned in the chat of like Elementor, um, like. And this would be an interesting discussion. I think is like has reached their market cap. I, I think they definitely have not because they're doing things like Elementor, Elementor Cloud, which uh, really expands it. And you you probably see you know WP Engine and Liquid Web and these all taking the same business model, which is hey, we're not just hosting websites, but we're providing this kind of more complete solution. And and I think that's really interesting. Like in the hosting world, and this is a tangent, but like. I think it's really interesting in the hosting world where these companies are realizing, hey, we're not just a bunch of servers, but we're providing a solution to customers um, to solve their needs. And if they're effective at that, I think that acquisition of plugins or building a cloud-based solution is all really smart for all these companies. Um, I hope you and I, I saw that three years ago, and that's what I'm trying with WP Tonic. I hope, hope you knew that, Craig. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, it's really, I, mean, I think it's really smart because nobody wants hosting, right? They want a website and it to do things. And if you can go to one place to get all those things, that's great as a customer. It's working well for me, Craig. There we go. There but go. I'm not going to, I've got hardly, I haven't got 20% of staff. Well, that yes, I can g- say. Given, given that I know people who will ask me, um, you know, what the difference between their mail server and their internet connection is. Um, it, it, yeah. I mean, hosting happens to be a thing that's necessary for having a website, but you know, people want the website yeah, and is- they usually want the website for a reason because, no. you know, they, they, they want to uh, do marketing or publish information or, or whatever. They don't want, mostly don't want the website for the sake of having a website. Oh, well, there we go. Um, I don't know if we want to get into the WordPress losing market share and. Uh, oh, we that, touched that, that last week. Um, we t- yeah. we're, we're constantly having a go at that. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's part of it. It's Groundhog Day, isn't it? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, um, um, well, the great leader touched that. That you know, Tumblr is the secret weapon. He he reckons in the next month, three hundred thousand Tumblr websites will be able to be running on WordPress. So that's uh, um, it. Was a very he was quite upfront for the great leader. Really, it, it was all in plain English. I was quite. He was very relaxed as well, Craig. He, um, he was enjoying Porto. I love Porto. I want to go back. There we go, but there we are. Uh, um, on to the next story. Um, yes. Um, well, where, oh God, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I apologise. Um, it was the Facebook story. Um, basically, they want to become like TikTok. Um, well, panel, one of the reasons why I thought, you know, it's a bit boring really, but one of the reasons is I think Facebook, TikTok, they really got to adopt the YouTube model to some degree where creators <clears throat> have a bigger cut. You know, a lot of these platforms, and you could say Google in general, there seems to be an uh, there seems to be this the whole internet was based and you, you could say the same thing about WordPress on getting people to either provide content or do actual work for free, and then you make gobs of money from their creativeness or from their work. It's a kind of form of digital slave imposed slavery. Um, but I think people caught in on, and I think Facebook, you know, I think you, 
these platforms are actually going to have to pay for people's creativeness. What do you reckon, Craig? Do you think I'm off? I'm, I've lost the plot, or do you think that's an upcoming trend that they're going to be forced to do? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to to that. I think it's. I think that like one, like we're we're betting big on the creator economy, right, at Castos, and and really firmly believe that like social media or or just a platform for folks to uh to to be able to create and monetize their content directly or indirectly even you know i think if you're talking about like more of the social media channel is is like the way that a lot of content will be going um and it makes the whole interaction a lot more transparent and kind of appropriate um rather than like monetizing things with ads to me um I think like I think about Hrefs announcing their own search engine yeah. that, that is kind of geared around this a lot and, and like they're very smart people and and like have a really great product but that they're built they're betting hugely on this too. I don't I don't have an answer but but I just generally think that yeah like companies will so continue can I ask to you move towards you know, supporting cause creators. Cuz you, you're on here you know podcasting in general you know what anchor what Spotify you know RSS open open platform but they're trying you know fundamentally as part of their business model is to and to destroy that openness aren't they they're trying to, to yeah. turn an open format into a enclosed garden aren't they do you think they're going to be successful i don't think they are in some ways do you think they are um well, I think they already are, right? To, to 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 some extent, like they already have been quite successful. They've made a bunch of acquisitions. They are losing money on podcasting, which I think is interesting at this point. Um, I think that there's a place there's a place in the market for that, and there are people that that really like that. It does do some some good things. Uh, I think for us specifically, what it does, it creates a lot of opportunity to do the same thing, but in an open sense, right? So, as Greg mentioned in the chat, no, not like Anchor and Spotify, but offering the tools to creators. But keeping it open to where creators have their uh, have the flexibility to, to monetize how they want, bring things into the platform, and and you know promote and monetize their content in or outside the platform. So I think that's the that's the decision. Is like you can have this vertical where everything is kind of owned uh, within a walled garden, or you can embrace the power of kind of open standards. And and we, per, us personally, we're we're opting to the latter. So, Spence, isn't this, you know, you've got these platforms, they have, they want all this original content. You know, some of them like YouTube gives you a bit of money, not a lot, but a little bit. A lot of them don't want to give you anything. And then you've got the same thing going in WordPress. You know, you've got all these volunteers, but you think there would be some system, or am I totally naive, Spence, that you could share a bit of the love out a little bit to all these contributors. Isn't this the fundamental problem of what this whole system in a way? Nobody wants to share any of the of you know anything out really. They just want to suck as much out and keep it to themselves, Spence. Um, I actually see somewhat of that, but I'm gonna say it in a different way. You know, I have uh, kids from boys from 11, 18, 21, and when we talk about technology, I'm often surprised because I make my living in technology, sort of. But this whole conversation on The Verge or whatever these companies are doing seems to ignore the overwhelming importance of brand 
and the product being used in terms of who would even touch it. My kids wouldn't touch Facebook with a hundred foot pole. Okay. My friends and people of my age, Facebook is our primary channel of communicating because we don't use Snapchat unless we get on the filters and do funny sad face thing, which is good for about 10 minutes. But like otherwise, I we need just to, don't, I need to don't do that. If you run a business, you'll use Twitter. But I've been doing some experiments myself trying to see like how clever I can be with using TikTok. And I have to tell you, it's like grumpy I'm going to join it just to watch that. You would think grumpy old man get off my lawn kind of thing because it comes on full blast, full volume, and while it's sort of entertaining, I actually find YouTube to have those YouTube shorts more at my speed because YouTube. So like grumpy old man, fifty-five year old business person with kids, Facebook, YouTube, sh- YouTube Shorts, Twitter. Okay, my kids. Not going to touch that. Can I tell you? Can and I tell you? Of course uh, not. That's where their parents are hanging out. Why would I tell you that? Hold on. Let me bring it back home for the point. The what? point is, who's making the stuff that's popular? If I go on YouTube, I can still find people of various ages who are multimillionaires who have, you know, like Mr. Beast, who has 100 million followers on YouTube, who literally can afford to spend $100 million on some video. And then I see other people who are making fortunes on TikTok, TikTok, sorry, see TikTok, TikTok, doing uh, anything from shake their booty to walk the dog. But those are not the same people. So it's disingenuous. It's just false to start comparing, like, just because Facebook copies a feature that somehow people are going to use it. Because, well, I mean, it is silly for Facebook to try to be TikTok because people want, people are on Facebook. Because they want it to be Facebook, and, and that. But this is the thing that we've seen a lot, right? One platform. Well, the will money, start but they're worried about. The and money, everybody Sally. is, is like, "Oh, we need money. that," but they don't have any like strategy or reason or integration Mark, or understanding. They're worried, they're worried about the money, Sally. You know, they need uh, yes, more I money. So that. the the metaverse can be dominated by Mark. I love the line in in the piece. That, Mark's vision. Well, most of us would say Mark's nightmare, not bloody vision. Well, his, his, nightmare. His, his, uh, his vision is a nightmare for the rest of us, yes. Yeah, but then, you know, that, that's been true of many people over the years. Yeah. Um, well, where was going to go? Oh, I'll tell you the platform that really pisses me off with their self-righteousness is LinkedIn. I'll give you an example. They're trying to become more like a social business, you know, chatty kind of platform. They had some geezer that was having a go at um, gay people, you know, kind of one of these quasar so-called religious people, and he put up something on LinkedIn having a pop at um, them having children. I thought it was disgusting. So I, I exposed him to some of my English sarcasm Surprise, surprise panel. Guess who they banned? They banned my comet, the little cockroaches. They didn't ban his bloody post, which I thought was nauseating. That You know, I think LinkedIn is one of the most arsehole platforms going in a way, but I still use it, panel. What a hypocrite I am. Well, there you go. No, uh, uh, the panel's not going to... T- come on, one of you. Remarkable. Spence. What do you reckon about the? What about LinkedIn? Do you think they're trying to become more like Facebook in some ways? LinkedIn, 
Yeah. Well, I've re- I've come back to LinkedIn. You know, I, I cut my teeth on LinkedIn back when it was blue water, and it was very easy to have intelligent conversations. I've been publishing again there recently a lot, but with um, there's a couple new products like Lead Delta that I'm involved with, the, using in the the founders that help you get through the clutter. Because here's the main problem of LinkedIn. Thankfully, it is still re- remained free from like. The, the usual dialogue and content that pollutes these other channels. I mean, it's mostly business stuff. There's a few people that don't realize that everything they say still is going to trace back to their work history, which I always wonder what they're thinking. But aside from that, the number one problem of LinkedIn at the moment is still people don't understand meeting a stranger. How about we go to a coffee if you want, but here's what I can do to fix your pain versus Hi, would you say yes to meeting me? Yes. Here's my entire encyclopedia of everything about me. Because that's the problem on LinkedIn right now. If you say yes to anybody, 99 out of 100 will just dump their entire about me thing on top of you. And it's just unfortunate because then I have to say, you know. Uh, yes, well, but, well, the way to keep it from being annoying is to never connect with anyone you don't actually know. Never connect. But I'm saying like the point of connecting is to connect. So you have to be... You just have to spend more time on LinkedIn to filter and and remove. But if you do that, there are still successful connections because I do think I would call LinkedIn your modern resume slash career central, right? That's professionally. You need to have that up to date or you don't exist in the world. And it's helped me through a lot of like explaining of my origin story to people because it it is useful. That must be, uh, that I must be interesting. There. I, I don't publish anything there that remotely looks like a TikTok video or a YouTube short or anything, though. Oh, well, I was looking forward to that on LinkedIn. When I look you, at will, your you will find me twerking over on LinkedIn. Oh, well, there we go. All right, let's go on to recommendations. My recommendation, it's you can watch it on YouTube. It's a free documentary. Um it's the fog of war. I'm amazed that YouTube had allowed this to be watched. It's about the career of Robert S. Makamama. Um, butchered his surname, as I normally do. He was the you have these people in history in the 60s, he was the defense secretary for the US government under Johnson, and he it, he dominated that period really. And he was an intellectual, and it's just a he, he is it's him being interviewed when he's about 85, and he knows time is really running out, so he's just honest about things. And it really, you do by watching this from a, a really bright guy and somebody that really knew about power and how it works, he's totally honest about how bonkers the whole thing is, really, from beginning to end. And you realise that you're just living in madness and you just got to do the best you can. I highly recommend it as a way of waking yourself up. You need to watch this. So, Craig, we gave you a bit of time, Craig. Have you got anything you want to recommend to the tribe? Yeah, so so mine is a little more centered around kind of our world. We had a we had a webinar a couple of weeks ago uh, for like how to kind of effectively promote your podcast, and and it was just a like it was by far like the most engagement, most positive feedback we've gotten on a webinar so far. So wanted to just uh, to mention that Matt from our team 
post that on YouTube um, and we'll, we'll draw, I posted the link in the chat here. So yeah. uh, folks who are into podcasting or want to get better at promoting their stuff, uh, check it out. Yes, Uncle, Uncle Spence, please make sure it's in the Slack channel for me. Because um, Craig will get very annoyed with me and being <laughs> some major sponsor, you know. Um, I can't have him upset, Spence. I can upset you, but I'm not going to upset. Um, <laughs> Craig. Uh, not uh, um, we got here. All right, so Craig's another Craig. He's 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 on fire. He's had a little go. Um, so Sally, got a recommendation for the tribe? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, actually, um, as kind of a response to the story about AI, uh, there's a, a novel by Annalee Newitz, who uh, is a journalist. Um, uh, called Autonomous. Uh, and it is a really interesting and also very entertaining uh, uh, fictional exploration of what consciousness is, what autonomy is, what what the uh, uh, selfhood is. And um, uh, it's a, a Absolutely worth uh, reading, and I can't uh, wait for the uh, uh, you know for the next thing this author produces because it is one of the more original things that that I have read. So it's called Autonomous, and you can get it in all the formats, including audio. Um, uh, uh, so there we go. Sounds fascinating. I'll give it a butcher's. So Uncle Spence got a recommendation for the tribe. Uh, there's a new plugin that's free in the repository. It has a pro version called Doubly, cross-domain mm-hmm. copy-paste for WordPress. Mm-hmm. And although I haven't given this a full rundown, I intend to because it allows you, in in theory, it seems, to take stuff and literally go maybe of one site, two sites, five sites, go like, I need to take this whole section or all these products or all these WooCommerce, you know, related orders and stuff, and I want to move them over to the other site. So I'm not 100% sure of all these features in line. It looks like a couple of them are coming soon. But it's an interesting concept, and it's something that we've done in other ways before. You know, you do like an import-export um, with the block builder. I have set up like patterns.launch flows where you can take all of that t- type of stuff. But aside from normal database migration or, you know, XML files and stuff, this looks like an interesting way that you could set up several businesses for yourself or your clients, which is something we do frequently where... I have 20 clients with all the same websites and I need some new feature to put in all those websites. Well, this might be faster than trying to do it programmatically or something. We'll yeah, I've decided I'm going to ask Craig to join the show next week. I'm going to I'm going to outreach to Craig. He, he's been putting these fantastic little comments, arky as they are. Yeah, He's deserved to come on the show. I'm that desperate for panelists now. It's coming during the summer sea panel and it's hard to get Is this people. Greg or Craig? He Greg. means Greg, I Greg. think. Our, yes, our, 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 our lively commenter. Yeah, you have to come on the show. Live, <clears throat> uh, live audience. Yeah, there we go. Be careful I, what I, you wish for, Greg Hyatt. I, I had a really great, um, I think it was sarcastic towards me. I was online and somebody said about the Friday show, 
Sid, it's it's enormously entertaining, Jonathan, but I have no idea what the hell it's about. And I just thought, <laughs> I took it as a comment because all it's about is to entertain people. It's quite simple, folks. It's there to entertain. That is its only purpose. Uh, um, it's not that hard to... I think Sally and Spence understand. Even Craig understands that it's its only purpose. Uh, um, thank you, panel. I know we lost one, but he couldn't get back on. But I thought we had a pretty good show. We will be back next week with another great panel, another selection of WordPress internet stories, sarcasm, pokes at those that need a poke at. We will be back soon. See you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.